Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. I'm Neil McCready. Chris Landry with me as well here today. As we get you ready for what's left of uh, week number I guess this is what week eight in the SEC or week seven in the SEC. I don't know week week eight, right? I think so. It's week ten, I think overall since the start of college football. So that would probably be uh, eight. Is probably right. <laughs> so um, there's more games not being played this week than those that are. Uh, as of this moment, it's Friday at nine a.m. For those who are listening to this later and not watching with us live. Uh, Vanderbilt and Kentucky will play tomorrow at noon Eastern, 11 Central on the SEC Network. Uh, as of this moment, Arkansas will play at Florida tomorrow, 7 Eastern, 6 Central on ESPN. And uh, South Carolina will head here to Oxford to face Ole Miss. That game, 6.30 Central on the SEC Network. That's the extent of it. The uh, Georgia-Missouri game, Chris, it's been COVIDed out. One COVID case at Missouri that led to, in addition to some other things, we'll talk about that. I do want to get your thoughts on where this goes over the next few weeks. I do want to get your thoughts. Believe it or not, we talk football, but we're going to talk some other stuff. It's a conversation that has to start being had about how difficult is it going to be to get a basketball season in, Mm. to get a baseball season in. Uh, with these contract tr- contact tracing rules the way that they are today, and I, this is not the SEC's fault. Uh, Greg Sankey talked about this the other day on a on a conference call. He said, you know, they they follow the protocols that are given to them. The the you know they don't they don't set those. So he was frustrated. I wrote about this this morning on my site rebelgrove.com. Sankey's always very measured with his words. It's always very calm. Very deliberate. There's an edge a little bit. You have, to, you have to listen to him enough to hear it. But there was some edge on, on Wednesday. There's there's concern about where this is going forward. And we'll get into it a little bit. The other the other games that were canceled, Texas A&M, Tennessee. Texas A&M had a, apparently an issue on their plane flying back from South Carolina. They didn't know it, but they had a positive person on the plane. And... From contact tracing, it knocked out like 16 people. Because if you're within six feet for 15 minutes or more, you're 14 days. And because of the airplane, they they, they were. So that game's out. Auburn and Mississippi State, 
They're not playing this weekend. Mississippi State has some number issues that have more to do with attrition and injuries than they do COVID. And then Auburn had COVID issues that popped up on Tuesday. And then Alabama and LSU, and Chris, I'm going to get your, I'm probably going to press you a little bit on this. I know you're down there, and I know you have contacts inside that program. The league's not happy with LSU right now. Um, That's a fact. Alabama wanted to play this game, and I think Alabama's convinced that LSU didn't. And it has, my understanding, led to some Led to some uh, feelings, if you will, in, in Birmingham with the SEC, um, in the SEC office and how they do rescheduling. Because the truth is, where they are right now, three teams, assuming they get to Saturday, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Arkansas, will have made it to this point of the season uh, with their schedule unaltered by COVID. Three out of 14. Alabama had not yet been altered until this. Alabama doesn't because they're good and they're going to play in the SEC championship game in all likelihood. They don't have the 19th to work with because they have a championship game scheduled for that day. Correct. So they've got to reschedule this LSU game. And further, CBS is not happy. CBS had sure. for a long time. And people say, well, would they get big ratings for Alabama LSU, even though LSU struggled and the line's 20? Get ratings for Alabama, period. But 10, may, get, 10 million people. Yeah, and that game has been so big for so long that what they were going to do, obviously, the Masters, round three is scheduled for Saturday in Augusta, and what they were going to do was they were going to hype it all day. Hey, up next, LSU, you know, Masters, followed by LSU and Auburn, I mean, LSU and Alabama in Baton Rouge, big rivalry, out, top-ranked Alabama, they're number one in the country this week. Uh, LSU beat them a year ago. It's been a game Alabama's got circled. They, they were going to be able to really hype this. And, yes, when people say, what, are they going to get good ratings? You're damn right they were. Alabama is a draw. LSU is a draw. Bad LSU is a curiosity. Mac Jones, if the Heisman vote were done today, Mac Jones would get a lot of votes. Mac Jones might win it today. So there's a lot there that you could market. I'm not talking about whether he should win it or shouldn't win it or any of that. From a pure marketing standpoint, this was gold for CBS. And it got taken away, and they're not happy. And there's a lot of people now, Lane Kiffin referenced this a little bit on Wednesday. There's a lot of people that are sending, hold up, wait a minute. I got a question. When we met back in August, the conversation was not, hey, uh, how do we get these games in? The, com- the conversation was, we, we've got to get these games in. TV, blah, 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 money. We're all losing money. We're all losing money. We can't use this as a competitive advantage, disadvantage kind of thing. You've got to try to get your team to the starting line and to the finish line. And there's a lot of people that think LSU could play this game on Saturday. May not be able to play it 100%. Might get their skulls drugged but that they could play the game. And Ed Orgeron came out with a quote yesterday. I saw it. Cecil Hurt tweeted it, that they spent the week getting ready for Arkansas, not getting ready for Alabama because they kind of knew the game wasn't going to happen. A lot of, so I'll turn it to you here, Chris, because you know where LSU is. 
what what's happening down there? Well, my feeling is if you can practice getting ready for Arkansas, you can practice and get ready for Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you you will be missing some guys. Look, I, I do think that look, I I I can't get into people's minds. Um I would hope as a coach and as a competitor, I'd always want to play. I'd always want the opportunity. But let's just let's just be real here. It would it was not going to be a good look for LSU to get blown out by Alabama on national TV with 10 million people watching. And I mean that was going to be Alabama whatever they wanted the game to be. And so does that mean that LSU's chickening out? No. But it sure, you know, it it, it sure will be something that's going to be advantageous to LSU to not have to play it. It just it you know, it just it the the you you know, know, because you don't have to you don't have to address uh, what has been a very disappointing season. You don't have to address and you got beat by fill in the blank by Alabama. You don't have to deal with that. And that is, uh, that is unfortunate. This is, I'm not pushing back on you at all. This is not personal. You know that we're friends. I, I think it is chickening out. I think yeah, it, well, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. It's look, it's and no question that it's not a good look for them for that to happen. So I, I leave that up to everybody to kind of decide. I'm, you know, I don't know if they've got, you know, one quarterback left or what, you know what? No, you know, we, we practice the punter and the backup quarterback. Well, I, you know, this is not ideal. We we don't have ideal circumstances. So we knew this going on. We knew it at the beginning. We knew it in the summer. I mean, you know, when you when you set the rules at the beginning of a season and you're told, and they were, hey, look, this isn't going to be a typical season. This isn't going to be like any season you've coached before. This is going to be different. We're going to test and test and test and test and test, no matter what you think of that. Well, let me ask this question. Let me put right. this out there. This is a rhetorical question for everybody out there listening, or send me a comment. Send us a comment. If LSU was having a good season and the same circumstances where I play, would they want to play this game or not? I don't know. I'm not. I'll give you my answer. Go ahead. I, I, I mean, uh, go ahead. Yes, they would play. They were unbeaten. They, they would. Along with Alabama, they, they their motivation, and they looked a lot better. Obviously, if they were unbeaten, they would look a lot better. You think they'd be a little bit more motivated to want to play this game? I I, I think that is score, a fair question. If the final score of the LSU Auburn game had been inversed and it was LSU forty eight Auburn eleven, this game would get played on Saturday. I think it a would, lot of people would agree no with you, mind. and I think I might be one of them. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind, and and that's where the, the, the it, 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 there has to be frustration right now. There has to be a lot of frustration. I know there is in Birmingham. I I, I don't, I'm not I'm not speculating. I know there is. And and so where where we are moving forward is, and I don't have next week's schedule in front of me. I need to pull it up. The league wants to get these games in. They have a catalog of of, of games that they want to get in. So I guess it's seventy games that they want to get played. And they they there there is some schedule flexibility. For example, you could you could move. 
either Arkansas LSU or Ole Miss LSU to December the 19th. Mm-hmm. You could move Alabama Kentucky to December the 12th, and you could play LSU Alabama next week instead of LSU Arkansas. LSU appears to want just none of that. And and, and that that's the, that's the biggest. That's the you know again we can speculate all we want that the unwillingness to try to figure this out on LSU's part is the biggest stain on them. It's the biggest indicator to try to find that answer. Again, I can't say for certain because to me it's hard, Neil, to be a competitor and not want to play. And and I, I can't imagine thinking that way, but it certainly does give a lot of pause of, hey, you know, why don't you flip things around? Well, I can tell you why they don't. Because, and this is, I think, universal. And I wouldn't say universal, a lot of cases. If you're not having a good season, it benefits LSU. If they can get out of the Florida game, the Alabama game, if they can get out of this season with less damage as possible, and playing Alabama, playing Florida is going to be a throttling that's going to make them look a lot worse. And you know what? I don't think that bothers them to not have to play that. I really don't. And so it, it they're, they're interested in how it looks for them more than they're interested in, you know, part of the league and what's best for the league because it does have an effect. And there's no question about that. I, mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Spartan uh, Dart says unbeaten they, meaning LSU, would play with T.J. Finley, no questions asked. I agree. Hard to argue that. Hard to argue that, and it's uh, it's a bad look. I'll tell you this: it's a it's a from it, it's amazing how far LSU has fallen in in one season. And I don't mean yeah, just, don't on, mean on, well on the field, but then you know, yeah, there's no question that it looks about it. Yeah, no, there's no question. There's, there's no question about it. Um, and you know, it's um. <sighs> And, and two, you know, you you had, and it's a different administrator. Joe Oliva's gone, but there was the holy hell raised when there's a hurricane headed to Florida. The LSU was trying to do everything they could that year to play that game. And if anybody understands hurricanes, it's all of us in the Gulf South, of course, anywhere, of course. And because LSU's had to deal with it a lot in many cases, you know, they were good season, good team. Boy, they wanted to play it. We come here, go there, meet in the middle. Let's get whatever we got to do. And now, like you said, um, maybe the unwillingness to not want to switch things around and do things around. This is, but you see, this is where I'm a big believer in. And again, I don't think we do everything right in the NFL, but this is where lack of leadership in college football. Because mm-hmm. let me just tell you how it would go down if I was, you know, I mean, it would be, um, this is how it's going to be. And the, the flipping of the schedules, this is what we're going to need to do. Get ready. You're going to play. It's a, you know, it's a forfeit. 
we're going to take away money. And I know there's not much money, but well, you know, you're going to do, we're going to tell you what to do. You show up. It's not up to you, you know, because what I think it does, whether there, it is a concerted effort to avoid or not, it gives the appearance that it is. And let me, for people who don't know this, you st- you started this off by saying Lane Kiffin brought this out. <laughs> Lane Kiffin and Ed Orgeron are really close. So it's not like, you know, one guy who doesn't luck another guy, you know, taking a shot. This is not Steve Spurrier getting a dig at somebody he doesn't like. This is not Steve Spurrier sticking, prodding Dabo Sweeney. You know, even right. though I, Steve doesn't dislike Dabo Sweeney, but he loves just, just giving it to people. This in in Lane's listen, Lane is still deep down a smart aleck at heart. Sure, but he and he and Ed are really close. No, I I um, but he's frustrated. He's frustrated. Well, I, no, I think he I think he is. I think he is. And, and again, I, I'll just say this: I can't say definitely. I can just lay out the facts that um. It sure doesn't appear that LSU's fighting hard to try to find a way to play this game. That is correct. And I do think the fact that they're having such a bad year and was so much focused on the dysfunction on the team, the program, and things going on, um, I think they would love to avoid the ass-kicking by Bama. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um. Now, you know, is it, it, it's not good. The league doesn't like it, money and all that kind of stuff. We get that. It's not going to affect Alabama. I mean, Alabama, I mean, it's, it's, they're going to scrimmage and, you know, they, they would have loved to beaten LSU and all that. And, but in a year where no one's going to have a full complement of games, they're still going to be in the playoffs, you know, they take care of it, you know, but it's just, it's it, that that's not the issue. I just want to point that out though, Neil, because some yeah. people may be thinking, well, you know, it, you know, is it going to affect the, no, it's not going to affect the playoff. It's not going to affect the playoff, but, but what it does affect is if you just play this one game, Alabama and LSU play on Saturday results be damned. You're far more likely to be on schedule to get all these games in. Yeah, it, it yeah. When you cancel a game, it's not a canceling of the game. It is a, you know, it's one cancel creates a problem in scheduling. Yes. for multiple teams. Multiple teams because those that- two teams plus the teams they were going to play that's now going to have to change. Now you do it twice and three times and four times. It's Katie bar the door, and we're going to have a problem. And again, let's remind folks. Yes. December 19th is going to be used as a way to make up games. It can't. Yes, LSU can play on the 19th, but Florida and Alabama, because I think they, they can't. They're going to be playing already in the conference championship game. That's what I'm getting. And, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Is right, this- but I just want to make sure our listeners just get that clear and understand this is where the problem is. Yeah, the problem is that now Alabama has no flexibility. Alabama would have stayed on. They've not had a, a breakout. They would have had they played Saturday, they would be on pace. They'd still have some flexibility. <clears throat> They'd still have the twelfth available to them. Well, and why? 
it's going to be brought up. Why does Florida have to play LSU? Well, first of all, they, they, they're going to have to play LSU maybe to lock up the East. Yeah. So that, but, that game, you know, so they're going to have to play. And then Alabama has, I guess, nobody to play that week. And, and, and so they get a week to prepare for the conference championship game. Florida's got to play it. That's going to be. And that's what I'm saying. There's, there's a correct there's a path to fixing this. It's very easy. And it, and it, it move, should be done. Go ahead and give it again. It's move the Kentucky-Alabama game that's scheduled for next Saturday. Move it to December the 12th. Move the LSU-Arkansas game to December the 19th. And let LSU and Alabama play next, next week. Absolutely. And it's fixed. It's fixed. And in my opinion, Orgeron's already wa- walked his way because he's just – it's, I'm not knocking him. It, it wasn't a very smart PR comment to say, oh, yeah, we spent the week preparing for Arkansas. Wait a minute. So you practiced? You were good enough to practice? Spent the week preparing for Arkansas because you knew this game wasn't going to get played? All right, well, if you're that healthy, then here, here you go. We're going to reschedule this. Let's no, do, yeah. Let's no, next Saturday. No. And then you get back on path. And LSU could play Arkansas on December the 19th. And Kentucky and Alabama could move to December the 12th. And then you wouldn't have the advantage of Alabama having an open date. I'm not, right. one, to defend, I'm not one to defend Alabama much, but if Alabama ends up having an open date because of crap that LSU did, don't give me this deal that the league's protecting Alabama. That's not it. No, that's exactly right. No, there's oh, nothing oh. they can do. And, and you know, Florida fans are going to have to realize this. Yeah, that's correct. It's It's – if you're looking for somebody to blame here in this situation, it's clearly it's LSU. Um, Absolutely. That's the problem this week is that they were the one team that could have done this. And then the other game, and this is kind of getting into the next topic here, Chris, which is this contact tracing thing because of contact tracing, Missouri doesn't have enough offensive linemen had Missouri not had the brawl with Florida and the starting center hadn't thrown a punch where he's suspended for a half. He, they would be able to play this game. This is where I almost wish that the commissioner would have said, all right, so here's the deal. We're going to move. Who does who does Missouri have in week 13? I'm pulling it up now. Missouri plays Arkansas week 13. I would have said I – would, I would have considered saying, all right, we're going to delay his suspension until the first half of the Arkansas game. You guys go ahead and play Georgia this week, but stay on schedule. They didn't do that. Yeah, no, and and this is just the bigger issue is, you know, the the whole procedural part of this is just simple as you make the changes and you inform LSU that this is you're playing Alabama next week. And, you know, I mean, it ain't let me run this idea by you. It's this is just the way it is. Because here's the thing that with this contact tracing, Ole Miss, Texas A&M next week is in peril. If A&M doesn't have oh, yeah. this week, they probably won't have enough guys next week. Uh, Auburn is scheduled to play Tennessee next week. That game might have a degree of peril because of because of the Tigers, their issue. I don't really know the details on it. Frankly, you're better off with positives than you are contact tracing. So next week's slate is, is uh, Florida Vanderbilt, as of today, LSU Arkansas, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, Georgia, and then Missouri, South Carolina. I mean, there's 
they're running out of flexibility is what it boils down to, Chris. Yep. They're, no running out of, they're running out of it fast. So what do you think of, what are you hearing? What do you think personally? What are you, the people that you talk to? I talked to a college basketball coach the other night. I said, are you, you confident about your season? No. So are you, are you worried about it? Yes, very. This contact tracing thing, you see the way it's knocking games out. This this is going to be difficult to get. Oh to yeah, get oh yeah. All season in to get a baseball season in. There's, you live in a base college baseball crazy town. I do too. There's just this assumption that college baseball is going to go off without a hitch, and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of have my doubts. I mean, these guys hang out together a lot. You're around. You're within six feet of people a lot. Two thirds of a roster sits next to each other on a dugout in a dugout. I, I don't. I've got real concerns that if we can't chill out with some of the contact tracing regulations, that a lot of stuff's just not going to happen. Well, and I think a lot of people, I may be guilty of it too. You think the longer this goes on, the better it gets, and the more we get closer to therapeutics and vaccines and all that kind of stuff, it's getting worse because it's getting worse for whether it's a combination of cooler weather in, you know, parts of the country is shorter days. So more people are inside, you know, um, more activities. Well, you're going to have, you know, Halloween and voting well, Thanksgiving and, you know, everybody's going to have their Christmas parties and stuff. So all this stuff is going to get worse in terms of positive testing and all that. And, and I don't, doesn't sound like this whole vaccine stuff is, you know, we're probably looking at summertime. I, I think basketball season and I think baseball season is in trouble. Look, I, I said this for a while and I know I don't have all the answers on how to do this, but it, the the only way to get through this in, you know, we can talk about the SEC and it's screwed up and all. We've got to get to the end of a football season. And, and I really think there needs to be a hard look at this for a, a, a finite number of teams. They've got to create a bubble or else we're going to have a situation where we're dealing with this right now where, all right, it's one thing. We're talking about games that are not going to get played. Okay, Auburn and Mississippi State's not going to get played. LSU, uh, let's talk about how the LSU, the excuse me, the Alabama Clemson game in the in the on January first can't get played because we got positive tests. Now what do we do? You think there's a problem now? I'm just going to say that I I don't I think there's going to need to be to where you 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 put up guys in a in a housing center, a dorm, a hotel room, and and you know, these schools are not – they're breaking away for Thanksgiving and it's virtual learning after that. I i think there's going to be a, a concerted effort or else we're running the risk of having this happen in the playoffs. And if we're not going to extend it, we're not going to move the Rose Bowl for January 1st because we can't. We're not going to move the start of it. You're going to have a problem getting it in. You really are. And it's, it's going to be Russian roulette with – Oh yeah, by the way, uh the Alabama Notre Dame game in the playoffs is canceled. Uh Clemson, Ohio State, um can't play it. Well, you if you can't if you can't postpone it, you can't play it. I I don't I don't uh 
I, I, you know, again, I'm not going to sit here and say we're not going to have. I'm just saying I'm hopeful. Cross your fingers that what's happening this week is not happening that week. You want to explain to me how it's, it's not possible it couldn't happen that week? I don't think anybody can. It could. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's kind of weird. All right, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the games that are going to be played. Yes, sir. Vanderbilt is a 17-point underdog at Kentucky. Again, noon Eastern, 11 Central. That game can be seen on the SEC Network. I'll pose it to you this way. The, 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 the young quarterback for Vanderbilt, he's had some struggles, but he's also had a couple of games in a row where he's been pretty efficient. He's put up some numbers. Uh, they, they, they had a, they had a respectable third quarter, part of a fourth quarter against Mississippi state where they kind of made a run at it. Give me a scenario where Vanderbilt keeps this game close and has a shot fourth quarter against Kentucky. Well, first of all, I, I wonder if the SEC is not pissed off because they had to cancel <laughs> four games or one of them's not Vanderbilt and they got to play that one. <laughs> Watch that Vanderbilt team play. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, in fairness, in fairness here, this is my point. Not to not to regress. Derek Mason doesn't want to play this game. No, you that's exactly right. Derek Mason does not want to play this. He didn't want to play the Mississippi State game. He didn't want to play the Ole Miss game. He didn't want the optics of getting blown out by Ole Miss. No, look, it might save his job, extend, you know, because if you don't lose, even though you would have lost, it's look, it's the same that's what we just talked about with LSU, no doubt. I mean, you don't think you don't think it's a, it's a blessing for Mike Leach to not have to go ahead and lose to Auburn, and so now it'll be you know maybe one win, but maybe it'll be in here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this gets gets I'm, I'm beating up on LSU today. LSU's not firing Ed Orgeron at the end of this season, right? So if if losing to Alabama badly on Saturday expedites Ed Orgeron's firing whenever that day comes, then that day was already coming. And ducking them doesn't change that optic. No, I think it, I, I, I can tell you, I think for him and optic-wise, it's all about recruiting. Ed, every thinking hour, Ed's a, a recruiter. He's a salesman. He's, he doesn't think about X's and O's. He thinks about recruiting. And the optics of getting drilled by Alabama off of this bad season might make it difficult to hold that good recruiting class he's got going on. I think that's what goes that's what goes on in Ed's mind. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. The answer to the game to be close is you know Kentucky um doesn't explode on you offensively. Um if you're looking at 17 and a half, 18, I, I still think Kentucky wins at 17, 21 points, but I think it'll be a slow build if you know what I mean. I think Kentucky's good enough defensively um, that this gets a blowout if Vanderbilt starts turning the ball over, which Kentucky's really good at being able to turn the ball over with their defense. Uh, but Kentucky's not a team that's going to explode on you. I mean, it's not like a you know they don't have the firepower that say an Ole Miss or some of the offenses in this league do have. So I think the chances of it being close is just the style of the game. It may be more line of scrimmage. And if Vanderbilt can find themselves on the positive end of the turnover margin, it might take to the fourth quarter for Kentucky to beat them. If not, it'll be uh, it'll be over by mid third quarter. 
game for Kentucky. They need they need to kind of get back on track. They need they to do. this needs to be kind of an easy one for them. They need to get rolling again. They've lost a little from a recruiting standpoint. They feel they seem to be a program that has lost a little momentum in, in the course of this year. If you like doing the stock rising, stock falling, their their stock seems to be dropping a little bit. Yeah, there's no question that you know for a team that they were trying to convince folks that they could be somewhat of a contender in the East, which I didn't really see, but, but, you know, to now be two and four and not, not being a factor. Um, no, that's just not, not a whole lot. And even a impressive win over Tennessee is just not looking all that impressive anymore. All right. The other, uh, the other two games are a little more interesting. Arkansas, a 16 and a half point favorite. I'm, I'm sorry. Underdog at Florida, this game, seven Eastern six central, on ESPN, a lot of storylines in this game. Sam Pittman won't be with his team. He's COVID positive. He'll be back in Fayetteville. Felipe Franks, the former Florida quarterback, he gets his shot at his old team. He's now having a really respectable season, and that might not be nice enough. He might be a little better than that. Uh, for Arkansas this year, he's solidified that offense. He's given them a, a consistency and a stability that they did not have in the previous seasons. You've got uh, a Florida team coming off of a big, emotional, physical win over Georgia, one that was cathartic in many ways. Georgia had had their number for a while. Uh, Florida breaks through, beats Georgia pretty well. It's impressive. Kyle Pitts probably isn't going to play. The uh, the big tight end slash wide receiver for Florida who's just impossible to defend. Florida's offense without Pitts against Georgia was not particularly good. So there's some interesting things here. I it's my this is kind of my my little bet pick of the week. I think Florida wins. I think this line might be big enough that Arkansas can slip under it at 16 and a half. If you told me this was a 14 point game, I might buy it. Yeah, I got the breakdowns uh breakdown of the game and all the games over at LandryFootball.com, but I did take the points with Arkansas. Um, you know, a couple of things that the things that, that when, when you look at Arkansas and what, there's a lot of things that they've done differently, why they're so much better, Chris, look at defensively that why is the defense forcing turnovers, the, Arkansas over the past three years have been a negative 20 in turnover margin, Arkansas, bad teams are bad because they make mistakes and they're not good. And then they make mistakes and that's the result of it. They're a plus eight turnover margin. Arkansas. I mean, enough said right there. We talk about the most important stat other than the scoreboard is turnover margin is just critical. And it's completely flipped the script with Arkansas. Uh, Florida's got to be careful not to put the ball in harm's way. Florida's not a really good running team. They basically can get you into some, you know, depopulate the box and can get some run success and Tony's been good, but if they protect the football, they'll get enough points and they'll win it. But, but I do think it has a chance to be a little bit more challenging, a little bit more frustrating. And what I mean by that is Arkansas will play a lot of two deep, some two deep man under, and, you know, maybe there won't be as many big plays. Maybe there needs to be longer drives. Maybe there's a tip ball. Maybe there's a frustration. Maybe you force the ball down and there's a tip ball. And, you know, that's where I think it could be a little bit closer 
do think Florida wins it. I also think there is something to the effect of that game was huge last week. Yeah. The preparation, the emotion, the energy, a lot to prove. This is not the ideal spot for them to be in emotionally. Not enough to cause them to lose the game, in my opinion, but enough to make it a little bit more challenging than people might think. And, you know, I think that Arkansas will get their respect or, you know, it'll get Florida's respect, Arkansas will. But again, Arkansas, as well as they've done, they've not beaten a good team yet this year. This would be the first good team that they've beaten. I don't think they get it done. But I do think they could make it interesting. I agree. They benefit a little bit also from having Barry Odom on their staff, a guy that's been a head coach as recently as last season. The 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 handling the game day, night before the game, all of that stuff, it's not like it's going to be somebody doing it really for the first time. He's done it a bunch. That, that There will be some continuity there. They'll play hard for Pittman. I'm with you. I think this is – I think Florida wins. I think it's about a 14-point game. But it's it's got it's got the possibility of getting into the third quarter where you're looking at it going, "Hey, Arkansas is only down a touchdown. This thing could get interesting with a you know, a, a a botched punt, a punt return, a like you said a tipped ball, a fumble, a bad snap." That's, you know, I I don't know. I'll tell you this. I'll be really impressed with with Florida if they're laser focused and super sharp with this game. I'll, I'll be really impressed because all the all the makings of a trap are right there. And this defense, um, this Florida defense, is you know, give up some plays. They will. So, you know, it's still not a great defense, and they're still having to win it with the offense. So, yeah, it could be interesting. And, look, it's the – Who's got, me, the, who's got the advantage on this with, with Franks? Is is Does Florida have the advantage because they've practiced against him so many times they've seen him, or does Felipe have the advantage because he's worked against that defense so many times, or is it a is it a watch? I, I think Florida's got a, a, an advantage. Now, the one thing that Felipe's doing in this offense is a little bit different, but no, I think the advantage in, is in, in most cases it's to the coaches that know how to prepare for the quarterback. And nothing, Felipe's a good kid, but unless you're dealing with a high-level experience, 10-year veteran quarterback in the NFL, the quarterback being able to dissect what a what a team will do defensively is not going to be that advantageous to Felipe. That's um, I, I don't I don't see a big advantage there. All right, uh, South Carolina heads to Ole Miss. This game. Um, I think the line's up a little bit. I've got it at nine and a half for our picks that we did earlier in the week. Uh, 6.30 Central Time, 7.30 Eastern uh, here in Oxford so on the SEC Network. Chance for Ole Miss to get two wins in a row. and But the big story here, really, from a regional standpoint, is talking to people in Columbia, South Carolina. This is it's a big spot, Chris, for uh, Will Muschamp. If, if you... If the football gods came down and told you, hey, Ole Miss wins this thing 11, 12 points or more, I think the decision might get made on Will Muschamp. I think I think South Carolina might be closing in on a decision. Well, I think they are. It's, I think the only decision is, you know, got to come up with the money, guys. This is what we got to do, and, you know, this is what, this is what it's going to cost to pay this staff out, and this is what we're going to have to go and do. And I, I don't, I think that is the only 
the only variable right now that's even a factor. Um, I think to the point to where Ray Tanner, it won't be Ray Tanner's decision. I think Ray Tanner will retire, be retired, um, step, whatever. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't, I think it's, it's the odds are that will and, and Ray Tanner won't be there. Um, I do think speaking of maybe somebody that could benefit from not playing a couple of games, you know, this would be maybe will, um, maybe he's too far down that, but this would be a bad loss. I think, I think just like it was tough for Jeremy Pruitt to lose to first year coach, to lose to first year coach. They still got Missouri. Uh, those are, those are tough, tough games for a guy in his seventh year to lose yeah you lose it it's just it, and it and it's not like you're playing real well you're six and two and you lose it due to this circumstance it's just you're not competitive you get blown out you just the program looks disheveled and then you also lose to a first year coach and maybe lose to another one uh, it is it is to that point that you said it's almost going to be too costly to keep them so I won't you know, raise their money or spend their money or whatever. But from a football standpoint, it does not look good. And I think that they probably need to be getting their ducks in a row. And I'm sure they have, they've got to figure out how to, the money better already be raised. Cause you can't, you can't fire the guy and say, well, we can't pay them out. You gotta, gotta have those answers before. Let's talk about the matchup a little bit. If you're if you're Ole Miss, how do you attack this South Carolina defense? Obviously, you can they can be attacked. Texas A and M scored at will the other night. Uh, Ole Miss has been really good offensively, pretty much five out of six games this season. If you're if you're Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy, what's the plan that you're putting together for the Gamecocks? Listen, I think some good quick tempo helps. Look, you can't turn the football over. I mean, I think this is the only thing that Ole Miss can't do is they can't have the game like. Um, uh, Auburn, Arkansas. Auburn, Arkansas, Matt didn't play well. Turnovers in the red zone. All that just gives the team juice, gives them a chance. And I do think that, uh, while South Carolina's offense is not really good, this is maybe a chance where with a short field, if you're turning the football over and South Carolina gets a short field, they, they could absolutely make you pay. This is not, you know, Ole Miss is not a team that can, play sloppy and expect to win, but they're the better team here. Barring the mistakes, they'll be able to get some points. They're going to force South Carolina into some mistakes. And I don't think Carolina can score enough points. And, you know, I, I just think you've got to be smart with the football. The one thing this, this South Carolina defense can do is you've thrown the football. They can make plays on the ball. Their coverage sometimes is spotty, but their ability to make plays on the ball is pretty good. So to my point, I think this game is about Ole Miss in playing mistake-free. I think mistakes are the only variable that could give South Carolina a really good chance to win it. For South Carolina, you're playing a lot of eight drop eight, that kind of and that's not really that's not really Will style. But do you do you try to do that to take advantage of some of the mistakes that Corral has made? I think he will. Will is pretty good at game planning for all the criticism he gets. Pretty he will put together a pretty good game plan. What I think 
I would do to counteract that was I, I would I would quicken the tempo a little bit because I think you can get this defense aligned misaligned. Um, I, I think they'll I think they'll be cautious about coming after them because I think the misdirection game will create some big plays for Ole Miss. So I'd I'd be really careful. I think Will will be aggressive at times, but I don't think it'll be a steady diet of it. If it is, I think that's where they're going to give up some big plays and probably die die quickly and die hard. Yeah, like I said, weird spot for Ole Miss here because they I, I think they go into this game not knowing whether they're going to play next weekend. They're scheduled to go to Texas A&M. That game very much up in the air. Um, there was one report yesterday that it was 99% sure that game would not be played. I, I did not get it that strong when I talked to people, but I'm not disputing somebody else's report when I certainly can't. So that's going to be a question that gets asked a lot here in the next 24 hours, what happens with that schedule and with Texas A&M and the contact tracing. And it's a, like you said, it's a big spot for South Carolina. For the people who want to know the numbers, Chris, you'll find this interesting as well. South Carolina is an athletics program that usually is in the black. They do well. They're, they're looking at a loss this year estimated of about $60 million. They're one of those programs like Ole Miss, like LSU, like Arkansas, that uh, usually makes money on baseball. This year they won't make money on baseball. They'll lose money because they can't fill up their stadium. Those are programs that usually make a little money off basketball. They might not. And if you don't get the NCAA tournament, you're going to lose a lot of money. So there's real concern. So when you talk about paying off Will Muschamp's $13.2 million buyout, which is a ton of money in a normal year, that's that's real prohibitive. That's right. On a year like this. So uh, it, no, it's right. Look, it's like I tell folks, look. You know, if it's me, then I'm in Ray Tanner's position because it's real easy for the fans. Fire him, do this. Great. All of you, you want to send us $1,000 each? Do you have it in the budget to do that? I mean, I, I'm not trying to be cute, but no, I, I can get your better head coach. I can fix it. But this is what it's going to cost. Can't pay for it. With all due respect, shut the hell up. I mean, you know, because it's like, that's what we are, yeah. you know, now, now where I think you get into some issues to where you got a real big gripe is why the heck are you? And I get all the old, well, we got to show it for recruiting. Why the heck are you giving Jeremy a prudent extension prior to the football season? That's just asinine. That That's where I think that's your responsibility as an administrator for creating that big payoff. You know, but in most cases, you know, you you have what you have, and when you got to turn around and buy it out, it's a you, you better come up with the money, and you better have a lot more money to fix it. And there's no guarantee that it's going to fix it. It may be better, but it's no guarantee. Look, it's it's not easy. Just it's it's not easy. It's easy to recognize when it's not good. It's not as easy to fix it. Um, in, in this year's environment, you're right. It's a lot tougher due to financial issues. This podcast brought to you by Jupiter Security Systems. It's based in Madison, Mississippi. Jupiter Security Systems provides your business with a help desk, allowing you to get software at a much cheaper price than you would pay going directly to Microsoft or the different cybersecurity services. Jupiter Security Services offers businesses the full Microsoft 365 suite 
email and spam protection. They monitor your workstations and servers as well. They don't see your data, by the way, but they'll know if malicious applications get installed on your computers. Jupyter can set up remote learning on a computer regardless of the location. So don't spend money on getting your employees new laptops to work remotely. Instead, let Jupyter monitor their home computers and protect your data wherever you choose to work. Jupyter Security Services uh, systems offer cybersecurity and monitoring. It's ADT for your computer systems and data. It's very affordable, flat price, no hidden add-ons. For more information, call Eric at 601-519-9583 or email info at jupitersecurity.net. We are also brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly throughout the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores. Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh. They always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all, and at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers that they care about them and their shopping experience. They will always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. All right, well, that does it for the SEC slate. There are some other games of interest, and they're, 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 they're few and far between, if we're just being perfectly honest, but but there are some. Um which ones sort of stick out to you? There's a couple well, of games that, that, that are interesting. Yeah, no, there, there is. Um, look, Indiana is better than Michigan State. Tom Allen's done a really good job. That is a short list coach, by the way. I mean, he is a really good coach with Florida background. and um, But, you know, you, you're now the hunted. And so taking care of business against what I think is not a very good Michigan State team is intriguing. Miami, Virginia Tech in a sort of a macabre way, I'm really curious to see Penn State and Nebraska, two teams right now that can't find their butt with both hands, you know, trying to figure out, you know, I mean, this is, this is just really, it's a mess, but, and I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm wanting to see somebody figure something out in this game. Um, Then in the second window, I Notre Dame, BC, Dracovic is playing well. Um, Get some early points. You, you know he's going to be motivated. He's going to want to, you know, move the football against Brian Kelly. He's, you know, that didn't end very well there. And so that's intriguing. And I don't know that I'm going to, you know, but I'll just throw it out because people will remember 1993, Notre Dame beats number one Florida State in South Bend. The next week, Tom Coughlin's Boston College team upsets Notre Dame. Uh Beat Clemson last week, the biggest win that they've had in a long time. They've got it's so this hard to get kids to believe you when you're like, hey, we've got to turn the page. You celebrate like that. You know what it reminded me of a little bit? Now it's on a much le- lower level. My first year on the Ole Miss beat in 2008, Ole Miss went to Florida and knocked off Tim Tebow and the Gators. It's a huge win. And they sell, as they should have, they celebrated and they celebrated. And on Monday, all of the questions were about beating Florida. And on Tuesday, all of the questions were about beating Florida. And I noticed on Thursday, a lot of the questions were still about beating Florida. Mm. And uh, on Saturday, they lost to South Carolina. It's it's they're, they're kids. They're not robots. They're kids. And so you, you celebrate a win like that, and it's 
gets difficult middle of the week to turn the page and really get locked in on, on a, on a lesser opponent. And Ole Miss is on the other side of that too, because LSU under Jerry Donato beat number one, Florida in Tiger stadium. Steve Spurrier beat him in the very next week in Tiger stadium in a early game. I believe it was that 11 M kickoff. Tommy Tuberville's Ole Miss team beat him. Yeah. Uh, no, that absolutely happened. So, yeah. but then, um, that's really that second window tomorrow's been gutted. Ohio state, Maryland gone and M Tennessee gone Auburn, Mississippi state gone, you know, so it's just been gutted. So, you know, it's your, your folks, you're looking at a Louisville, Virginia, Colorado, Stanford, uh, yeah, yeah, Baylor, yeah. Texas tech, you know, um, any of those interests. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be watching them, but not, nothing crazy. So, um, so that's intriguing. And then in the nighttime, we just talked about Arkansas, Florida. Um, SMU Tulsa is a good game. SMU Tulsa is very good. And I'm very interested in seeing Wisconsin since, you know, it's like we forgot that they actually started a season and God bless them. They haven't played since. And they, they go to the big house. And uh, so that's kind of interesting there. Look, there's a lot. If you are someone that likes, if you if if you're not a college football junkie that I, I give you one that I'm interested in that I, I haven't mentioned okay the two men nighttime it just I don't think most people but Northwestern and Purdue yeah is really you know I'm really and that's in the nighttime slot that's going to be on um, in the same time as Arkansas Florida but look if, if you're Northwestern a two and a half point favorite mm-hmm. at Purdue yep and and look, Purdue's unbeaten. Indiana's doing a good job. Notre Dame's doing a good job. I mean, Indiana, the hotbed of football. My goodness, it's fall. Um, it, it, it's, uh, you, you know, if you're a football junkie and you like watching games for a lot of different reasons, and I do, if you're the type that likes the big matchups, like, you know, you're excited about Georgia, Florida last week, and you're excited – Probably a good week to do the yard work or do the honeydews because it's just not going to be real exciting for you. But I'll give you this warning. All right. It seems, doesn't it, if you go back through history, the weeks that we go in and say, boy, this schedule is not as good as the last two weeks or next week, it's usually one of those weeks where some crazy stuff happens, some chaos, maybe some great games. So let's hold on to that. There may be some something really exciting that happens sure. that we don't, you know, we just not anticipate. That's the great part of it. There will be there will be good games on Saturday. BC upsets Notre Dame, and all of a sudden, that's one of the biggest storylines of the year, and no one expects it. I don't, but that's why it's great, isn't it? I yeah, mean, of course. You know, it's fun to watch. We got a few minutes left. We can talk some NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titans Colts last night did not go the way I thought it would go. How about that? How about that? You talk about flip it around now. So the Titans are were, were in that position at home to kind of, you know, not close the door, but really put the foot in the door in that division. All yeah, of a sudden, stranglehold. All of a sudden, it's 6 3, 6 3, both teams. Colts team looked good, win it on the road. They've played the Titans well historically. Now they get them at home in like two weeks and game on. I mean, it's obviously, you know, I mean, the Colts right now, you you look at them and say, whoa, 
I mean, they're able to win that one at home and where they're playing. That's um, That was huge. That was a big game, an impressive game. I thought they did a really good job defensively coming up with stops. And offensively, the Colts, you know, they weren't able – they had to settle for a couple of field goals, got stopped in inside deep in the red zone once, but defensively made some big-time plays. Um, Phillip Rivers didn't play great, took a couple of key sacks, but – this Colts team is starting to play well. Frank Wright's one of the more underrated coaches. He is really, really good. Look out for this Colts team the rest of the way. Look out for the Colts and the Titans in the South. It may be, it may be the most intriguing race um, left in the NFL, the, the AFC South. I think it really is. I think the other divisions, um, you know, have some intrigue. But this one may be the tightest um, the rest of the way. So that was interesting this week. How about I'm excited about Buffalo, Arizona. Yeah. Um, Buffalo team, big the Cardinals. Cardinals have been really explosive. Their whole key is their defensive pressure. They can be a really good defensive team, but they give up a lot of negative plays and that's, what's really been their bugaboo in some key games, but this is a good team. They're a playoff looking team. Um, but pretty much every team in the the NFC West does look like a playoff team, except for the Niners now, who just may have been the best team in the division. They are completely crippled. I mean, they are just uh, – they have played their way out of it just to all their injuries. Yeah, but, no, I think the Cardinals are really good. The, uh, the, the Niners, you mentioned them. They're in New Orleans on Sunday. They're now a 10-point dog. An, an NFL line gets to 10. You, you – you know it's, something's pretty significant. And, you know, Saints coming off a big win, so people are looking off of that, but they're looking at San Francisco and how beat up they are, and they're having a hard time even competing. And last year's game in New Orleans was unbelievable, and it really was the game that flipped the tide to the Niners. And, you know, George Kittle, the big run, got the game. If not, then maybe it's the Saints with the bye, maybe even home field. Maybe that's a different deal, um, but it was the thing that propelled the Niners into the 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 best position. Um, I think Seattle, the Rams, Seattle rebounding off of next week. That's again two playoff teams, and right now that division is intriguing. Seattle drops another one, and they're in a dogfight with the Cardinals. They need to get back, and and would basically give the Rams their fourth loss, and and likely. If the Cardinals are able to win at home, if the Seahawks win, then it, it looked, it's looking like the second half as a Seahawks-Cardinal run. And then on the other side of the Cardinals-Bills is you've got right now a matchup of the Dolphins with Tua hosting the Chargers with Justin Herbert and a Charger team that maybe is underachieving more than anybody. And the Dolphins are in that division race. The Patriots are only pretty much locked into the third spot. The Dolphins are in pretty good position now uh, to compete right there all, all the rest of the way with the Bills. So that's intriguing. Um, let's see. I don't know what's going to happen. It could be Pittsburgh's first loss if Big Ben is not able to go. Cincinnati, um, it's interesting there. Got some COVID issues there. Uh, yep, going to be an interesting weekend. I tell you what's also intriguing is Monday night. Huh, your Bears are collapsing. Yeah, yeah. The Vikings are playing well. 
And you already hear the rumors, don't you? Have you heard them? I want to mention this. Jim Harbaugh has got his camp selling the idea that he's the answer in Chicago. We'll put a good coordinator around them. They need a good old tough bear. And if there's one escape way out of Ann Arbor for him is he's not walking away from that money. But if the Bears were to throw him some money or anybody else would, it would be interesting. Harbaugh aside, we've got a minute or two left. If you, you, you're, you're an NFL guy. You understand the NFL better than anybody I know. They, they very clearly have made mistakes. Nagy has probably mismanaged this quarterback thing from camp on. He gave the job to Trubisky, pulled Trubisky, turned to Foles. Foles hasn't been any better. Now you've ruined Trubisky, and then you ran him on a play and got him hurt. That's that's his undoing, right? Is it? But is it his? It, fault it is. Have to go back into the the people who made the the evaluation when they when they took him instead of Patrick Mahomes, instead of Deshaun Watson, when they gave all of this money to Nick Foles instead of maybe riding one more year with Trubisky and then bailing on that. I mean, they've made a, a colossal number of mistakes at one position where everywhere else, Chris, and you correct me if I'm wrong, if the Bears were solid at quarterback or solid to good at quarterback, they'd be a playoff contender right now. Look, I mean, they, they could be the Titans. I know the Titans lost last night, but Tannehill's been very functional, good defensively. The Bears could absolutely be that with a better defense. You're right. And that's what's going to get. It's going to eventually get Ryan Pace fired because he was behind those decisions. But since Matt Nagy's been there, he's put his touch in the quarterback situation and it hadn't worked. So we're not talking about a guy that is um, coming in trying to fix the defense. This is a guy that's supposed to fix the offense, and he hadn't done it. So I think that's ultimately going to get him. And the collapse is going to get him. You know, when you have the start and then you have the collapse, it's a problem. Look, I, I'm not I'm not saying Jim Harbaugh is going to Chicago. I think that'd be a little foolish of the Bears to do that. I think they could do better. But that's the rumor that's being, again, put out by the Jim Harbaugh. That's the whole James James Franklin trick, you know. Yeah. He's a oh, candidate yeah. for Auburn. He was a candidate for AM when he really wasn't a candidate. He had his people put it out because, you know, again, it makes him look a little bit, hey, you see the Bears are interested in him. You know, well, maybe, you know, for the people that are hell-bent on getting rid of him in Michigan, it's the sympathy factor, I call it. But, no, I think the, the, Bears, the Bears are going to have to really look hard at how do they fix their quarterback and their offensive situation. It's, it's, it's the thing that's held them back. We will uh, come back on Tuesday. It'll be the morning after that Bears-Vikings game. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about all of what happens in the three SEC games this <laughs> week. And we'll look ahead to what will hopefully be. See, a- if, we, see if we have a schedule next week in, in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, that's most interesting. Otherwise, Chris will give his knitting tips uh, next week. Oh, oh man. We'll, we'll see where we go. So, for Chris Landry, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this episode of SEC Football and Beyond. Don't forget you can uh, follow – uh, Chris at Landry Football. Go to LandryFootball.com. Get all of his breakdowns of the games as they uh, as they happen over the course of the weekend. So until Tuesday, uh, stay safe, take care, and we will talk to you soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.